Welcome to this week's edition of the Yellow Jacket Experience. I'm your host, Thomas Poole, Director of Athletic Communications here at AIC. Joining me this week is senior jumper Deja Middlebrooks from the women's track and field team. This weekend, they will be competing at the NA10 Championships and be looking to bring home some gold. My second guest is head women's lacrosse coach Riley Brennan. Riley enters her first season at the helm of the women's lacrosse team, and she talks about the opportunity to build the culture as a first-year head coach. I'm here with senior jumper Deja Millbrooks. Deja, thank you so much for joining me today. No problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so um, talk a little bit about the season. Obviously, it's been uh, a fantastic indoor season for both the men and the women. Can you talk a little bit about your teammates, both uh, on the men's and women's sides? Yes, yeah, so we are talented on both sides. Um, from when we came in for preseason, I knew that we were going to have a successful indoor as well as outdoor season just because of how hard everyone worked and everyone's mindset and everyone having the same goals. I feel like we all want to win, and that's mm -hmm. the main thing that we all have in common. So we just come to practice every day to put in <coughs> – Sorry, we just come to practice every day to put in the work and the talent that we know that we have, and overall, the outcome would be great. So then, slowly but surely, um, it's been a building process. Mm -hmm. uh, Coach Mayo has done a really good job of bringing in all these talented um, runners, jumpers. Uh, can you talk a little bit about um, what you know about him compiling this team and what his, I guess, approach is to uh, hopefully putting together two NA10, na or two NA10 champions? Yes, I feel like his strategies and everything that he tries to do with the team is very smart. Um, as far as the recruiting process, he recruits literally what just what we need in every event, a little bit of everything, because all points eventually come up and matter in the end. And just as far as like the the team, like this year we have a very young team. Um, there were a lot of recruits brought in, but um, we're able to use the upperclassmen as well as myself to help them and build them up in their mm -hmm. events that they're in. So it's really good. <laughs> so in my time here, uh, obviously I've seen the men uh, have really good team performances at the NA10 championships. Uh, but this year, um, and by the time that this is released, um, you guys are actually picked to finish second on the women's side. Obviously that's a big jump to where it's been in the past. Can you talk a little bit about being a leader on this team and seeing that improvement from one of the middle teams in the pack to now at least receiving first place votes and being in contention? Yes, so since my freshman year, um, like you said, this has been the highest um, we've been ranked since I've been here. And it's, it's pretty um, nice to watch because it shows how much we've grown and just how much talent we have on the team. But it makes me really, it um, makes me proud and excited to see that we're ranked so high because like I said, you see the talent everywhere. And I definitely think that we have potential to win. Mm -hmm. um, we just need everybody to be on their A game, everybody to do what they need to. But no, that's an accomplishment to me since this is my fifth year here, but fourth year on the track. And yeah, I just feel like we're gonna do great things. So that's great. <laughs> yep, so I mentioned the men um, are also picked to finish second, receiving three first place votes, just like the females. Mm -hmm. uh, can you talk a little bit about their team and what you're expecting to see um, out of them this weekend? Yes, yeah, so I honestly feel like our men's team is going to win. Um, and honest, they work just as hard as the women, even harder. Mm -hmm. um, and just them coming from a cross country championship, I feel like they're going to use that platform and that's just going to be motivation to them. 
And yeah, as long as everybody's on their A game, both teams, both teams, women and men, can both finish first. Mm -hmm. So on the men's side, do you think they have a shot at being the that sweeping the cross country indoor outdoor championships? Yes, I definitely think they do. Um, and yeah, just coming from cross country and all that they've accomplished, I definitely feel like they can get first place in for indoor and outdoor as well. <laughs> so then let's change gears a little bit. I want to get to know you because that's mm -hmm. the point of this podcast. I guess how did first growing up, how did you get involved into track and then how did you become the elite jumper that you are today? Okay, so my story of how I got involved in track is very funny because when I was in high school, I originally wanted to play basketball. Mm -hmm. um, I well, you have the height for that, yes, so that makes I do. sense. <laughs> and um, yeah, high school, so I'm getting ready to try out for the basketball team, and the track coach actually seen me on my way to tryouts, and he's like, yeah, no, you're not <laughs> playing basketball. And that was my first day of track practice, so yes, I was kind of, uh, I guess you could say like forced kind of pushed into doing track, but... As you can see, <laughs> everything happens for a reason. So, yeah, I just stuck with it. This was my sophomore year of high school. I just stuck mm. with it. My senior year, I was good enough to get a scholarship to come here. And, yeah, it, in the beginning, it wasn't all. I wasn't always <laughs> as good as I am now. I started off, like, going to nationals and not placing so high. I think mm. um, two, yeah, two years ago, I went to nationals, and I placed second to last. So <laughs> I wasn't always as good as I am now. But I just um, – trusted the process, remained humble, worked hard, and just believed that I was talented. And now I'm an All-American sitting here. So <laughs> it's like you just got to trust the process and be humble and work hard. So. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned that, the All-American process. Obviously, that has a lot to do with your training. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell the people listening at home, I guess, who you really work with the most on the AIC training staff? But I guess also at the same time, how you ended up at AIC compared to other schools. Yes, okay, so um, first how I ended up at AIC. Um, I didn't really have that many options when I was a senior. Um, at one point, I didn't even know which college I wanted to go to or nothing. So it was between AIC and Rhode Island College, which is D3. Okay. Yep. And, um, yeah, it's just everything just seemed like it. My high school coach was, like, um, talking to me about colleges, seeing what's my best bet. And I honestly didn't want to be far away from home because I'm from New Haven, Connecticut, which mm -hmm. is only an hour. So I was like, AIC is close. It was a good financial <laughs> aid package. The I looked up um, the stats for the track team, and I was very impressed with what I seen. And I was like, I want to be a part of this um, team. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's what brought me to AIC than any other school. And um, as far as the coaching, so – since I've been here, we've had a, a couple different coaches. They all played a part in my success being um, <laughs> an All-American in triple jump. And, yeah, so from my old coach, Coach Bailey, to now working with Coach Hart, our now jumps coach, they all put in, they all put in a lot to help me. And mm -hmm. there was point, there was a time where it just seemed hard because it's like, like I said, in the beginning, I wasn't always good. So I had to like trust the process, trust the training and the coaches helped me with that and they were very patient. So yeah, working with Coach Hart now as well as Coach Sharp because he helps as well. All the coaches, Coach Mayo, everyone puts in a little bit of training. Um, so yeah, they all play a big part in what we do. <laughs> so I have obviously been able to travel with you guys a couple of times too. Um, so the bigger uh, meets and uh, got to see you compete nationally at uh, Pittsburgh, Kansas at the Indoor Championships a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I also know that the team that you had when you were a freshman, you had some people you looked up to and mm -hmm. picked up some tips. Can you talk a little bit about that? those relationships that you built 
well in your first couple of years at AIC and how that's helped you translate into a leader for the team? Yes, okay, so my freshman year, I was able to compete with Dana Bramble, who was also a really good triple jumper, um, as well as other talented athletes. Like there was Shayna and so many other sprinters and um, just like other jumpers and everything. And having those leaders on the team that wanted to be great and wanted to bring in points for AIC, looking at that, I was like, wow, there's other people who have the same mindset as me just as a mm -hmm. freshman. There's other people that want to win. So I was able to use them as like a guide to like keep on going. Um, Deja, you want to be better. And Dana Bramble, I actually had the opportunity to go to um, nationals with her. We were able to go to nationals together. And it's just having a leader on the team to look up to in the same event as me it was just a lot and I feel like it was very rewarding because I was able to continue what she helped me with as she left because she was an All-American as well so mm -hmm. I feel like I'm just trying to follow in the same footsteps to make the event of triple jump as well as our track team successful. <laughs> so then obviously you had those shoes to fill mm -hmm. and now that you're in those shoes what are you doing to help the, the younger student athletes behind you get to that point to where they can eventually fulfill your shoes and then keep the whole process of leadership and keeping our teams competitive. Okay, so like what I'm trying to do is just, I always speak positive at practice at meets. I let them know, because there's obviously some mindsets that are different than others. Some girls mm -hmm. that feel like they have more potential than others. And I try to speak to everyone the same way, let everyone know that as long as you work hard, as long as you put the work in, it you will see positive results. And as far as the jumpers, like when we're at jumps practice, I constantly remind them that I was not always where as good as I am now. Mm -hmm. I was like, I started off jumping this and not making finals and being the last one bumped out of nationals. Like I went through the struggle as well. So I just try to explain to them that as long as you work hard and as long as you trust the process and trust the training, then you will get positive results. And it's gonna take time. You have to be patient as well. Yep. So. I know that outside of track, you're also a student athlete, but I know you have some other things going on in your life. And mm -hmm. um, talk about what you do outside of the classroom and then also outside of the track. Yes. So outside of the track, I have a job on campus. I'm an academic coach where I work with students on academic probation. I help them with just becoming successful, whether it's time management, study strategies, recommending them the tutoring. I'm able to work with them on that. And yeah, I also like do some volunteering. I was volunteering at Bay State Hospital, working mm -hmm. with um, patients that, ha that have dementia and Alzheimer's. So yeah, I'm pretty busy outside of track as well. <laughs> so with that, what's the most rewarding part of what you do outside of the class and classroom and track? The most rewarding part is being able to make a difference in people's lives and just like helping because I'm in grad school for public health. So mm -hmm. I just, I, I, just want to take that I just want to take what I learned throughout undergrad and what I'm learning in my courses as well and just apply it to the real world and I feel like I do that literally with everything that I do in track and outside of track so I just like helping people making a difference switching back to you when you're mentioning what else you do helping those kids who are at risk mm -hmm. um, in the academic aspect of college how did you get into that? And then I guess at the same time, were you able to take what you learned as a student in the undergrad and help apply it and teach those other people? Or what's your process with working with some of these people who are at risk? Okay, so how I got into it, um, a guy named Terrence O'Neill, which is the director of the ACE program, which is a program that I'm a part of for first generation students. 
he was able to help me get the GA position because he knew that I wanted to come back for my fifth year for grad school. So that's how I got into that. And as far as helping the students, um, I kind of li like to talk about my experience with undergrad because I want them to know that I can relate to them. Um, my freshman year was pretty rocky. I didn't have the best GPA. I didn't have... I mean, my grades were okay. I think I had like a 2.7 GPA, but that was horrible for me because I wanted to be above a 3.0. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I explained to them how my experience was rocky at first, and there were some classes that I wasn't attending, and I would slack off a little, but I, I would use that to explain to them, this is my fifth year in school. I'm in my master's program, still having eligibility to run track. So I would kind of talk to them, hoping that they see that there is a way out and how it looks now. It's not going to be like that forever. As long as you put the work in and be positive things can change and your grades won't always look how they do now so i just use my experience to help them well i think you brought up two very good points i know i'm tend to be a, someone who wants to always be looking at the positive trying to find hey you know what this might not be the ideal situation but you know what there's something i can learn from it or there's something i can improve or help others ultimately mm -hmm. but also at the same time it takes the hard work of making sure that you're putting in everything that you have so you can reap that same that same outcome I guess mm -hmm. or a different outcome excuse me um, is that something that you had to go through and learn yourself in terms of the positivity mindset and then at the same time knowing that what you put in is really what you're going to be getting out yes that is something I had to learn um, like I said before I'm a first-generation college student so that's the first thing I came into college lost <laughs> not really lost but like I didn't really have any guidance my mom or dad had no idea how to fill out certain applications with me how to do like certain forms so it's like I had to just come like I was kind of I feel like I was kind of thrown into having to force myself to be positive because it's like if I didn't think a certain way or if I didn't get things done they weren't going to be done so as far as um, academics I had to that's why at the first in um, at first it was kind of bumpy because I was trying to figure everything out on my own um, with track my I feel like my coaches helped um, with my accountability and having and having me go through certain things to be able to be eligible for track so I feel like that helped as well with me adjusting and keeping a positive mindset and yeah it's just it was it was a bumpy road it wasn't <laughs> always good so yeah I had to adjust to that so you mentioned you're from New Haven Connecticut mm -hmm. obviously right there down the road you have University of New Haven you also have Southern Connecticut two teams who um, have had seen or have seen success in mm -hmm. the track world in the any 10 what was it like knowing hey you know what they didn't recruit me but i want to come off here to aic you know what they give me the opportunity to a be a track athlete um and excel in that and ultimately become an all-american mm -hmm. uh and then at the same time giving you the opportunities to um be the first generation college student and really starting to set that um set that level set that bar for your family in terms of you want to help other people get to that college degree mm -hmm. like AIC was has been able to help you. Yes. So um, it's pretty funny because Southern actually was trying to recruit me when I was a senior, but I had this mindset that like I didn't want to go far, but I definitely didn't want to stay in state. So I mm -hmm. feel like um, AIC was like perfect with that. And um, I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I know I was a little long winded yeah, and went okay. off on a little tangent, <laughs> but um, what's it like knowing that you're from New Haven, you had two op opportunities, Southern Connecticut and University of New Haven, mm -hmm. teams who are in the same conferences, AIC. What's it like knowing that you could have gone there, but you chose to come to AIC to where you are now an All-American? 
with Coach Leo, Coach Bailey, at Coach Harp, Coach Hart. I know all of them have played a role in your success. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, knowing that you're able to be the first person in your family to be a college graduate, like, what does all that mean to you? Okay, perfect. So, um, it makes me really happy because, um, yeah, like I said, like, at one point, I – I didn't really want to go to Southern, but they were trying to recruit me. So I like I always look back like I wonder how it would have been if I would have went to school in state or went to school like um, at a different one than AIC. But like I think honestly, everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. At one point, I didn't even my senior year. I just didn't know about college. I didn't know what college I wanted to go to. And me being a first generation student, I feel like the experiences that I went through and the challenges that I went through, it helped me. And I just look like I'm like I said, like I'm glad that. I ended up here because everything happens for a reason. And I do look at the other schools, such as University of New Haven and Southern and everyone in our conference, and I'm just like, I could have imagined myself other places, but, like, I think I belonged at AIC <laughs> just for what I helped contribute to this team. I feel like everything happens for a reason. So as we wrap up here, I have one question I ask every person who comes on the podcast because I think it gives us a really good insight into who you are and I guess where you came from as well. Mm -hmm. And that one question is, what moment in life has influenced you the most? I feel like the moment in life that has influenced me the most, hmm, let me think. I would say this past year, mm -hmm. um, just with everything, with my accomplishments for track, I was able to become a second team All-American indoor, first team outdoor. I graduated. I I just feel like there was just so much that happened within this past year that made me think like, wow, if you put in the work and you continue to trust the process and be patient, everything will work out in your favor. And yeah, just even with academics, like I've um, I've had the best semester. I mean, I was constantly on dean's list, but I had a really good semester last year. And mm. I just feel like everything in life, track, academics, like it just it last year thi this past year was just really good for me so i really looked at it like wow i'm going somewhere <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for joining us deja i appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day uh, <laughs> to come and discuss uh, the indy 10 championships uh i guess your story of how you ended up aic running track and um i just want to say they're all here proud of you for everything that you've accomplished not only in the classroom on the track but also helping um set yourself and your family up in the future um, with being that first generation college student and graduating. I know that that's a huge accomplishment mm -hmm. and uh, I know we're all here. We're very happy and proud of you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Deja. Our second guest today is head women's lacrosse coach, Riley Brennan. Riley, uh, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. So obviously an AIC alum, that's an exciting thing. You're back here, first head coaching job at the yes. collegiate level. I know that I'm sure there's some things you've learned and you worked through in this first preseason. And as you're gearing up for your first game on uh, the 29th against Assumption, talk us through a little bit about what it's like being back at your alma mater and then I guess also being a first year head coach. Yeah, um, you know, I think this was the best place for me to start um, head coaching. I think um, I had a great two years um, under the previous head coach. She had given me a lot of responsibility that I don't think a lot of assistants get to have as an assistant. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so she, I thought, just did a fantastic job just kind of giving me responsibility, mentoring me through a couple of um, different responsibilities that I don't think I would have had at another place. Um, so being here is awesome because it just has always felt like home since I've been here since I was in college. Um, I also love this area because I've grown up here. So I just, you know, recruiting is a lot easier for me because this is where I call home. So I kind of, you know, I have that kind of sense of loyalty and home to Western Mass. Um, and as far as first year head coaching, wow. <laughs> well, you know, they don't really prepare you for much before you get into it. Not at all. Um, they basically just throw you in there and they're like, ask when you need help. Um, and that was what I learned. <laughs> Probably that first week, I was like, I've got to find the right people to talk to. And I did like right off the bat. I was set up with like a coaching mentor. I was set up with just coworkers who like were always willing to help me and they still are. Um, I go to them for like every, I mean, there's some of these people in here who I literally ask questions to every single day and I found that like that's going to be the only way to succeed in this job because there's just so many different responsibilities and tasks that like no one can prepare you for that um so I've just been lucky enough to have you know co-workers who are willing to help um and no matter what time of day it is no matter how many times I'm in their office they're still um helping but I did get lucky with the group of girls we have um they've bought in since day one and that's half the battle well, I know we were obviously just talking offline before the start, and uh, one person who you're close to is uh, head softball coach Elise Tolentino. Yeah. Uh, she'll be a guest on here a couple weeks from now, but can you talk a little bit? She's a first-time head coach of the Collegiate Lump as well. Obviously, you two have something in, co in common yeah. uh, with that. Can you talk a little bit about how having someone who you can bounce ideas off of yeah. who's already been through one year with right. the program? Yeah, Shalise amongst other people like she's been fantastic i literally probably call her or go to her office every single day no matter what and it'll be like questions that seem so insignificant but just to have either a confirmation like yes you're doing the right thing or you can try this instead has been like so helpful um she we also align i think really well on a lot of different topics she knows that culture is the most important part of any team um, so to have someone who gets that, who's not like, no, 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 like it's all about skill, it's all about athleticism. She gets that, that first year of just building a healthy team culture is the most important part. Um, so it's been great to just not only just bounce ideas off of her, but like I go to her for a lot of advice on just about anything. Um, and I trust her and I know that, you know, she's always willing to help me. She always has my back no matter what. Um, she's just a great influence and a great mentor. So you mentioned the word culture. I know that's a big, I'm a big fan of that, obviously mm -hmm. studying that. Um, quite a bit but what's it like for you as a first year head coach you obviously were the assistant so you're you have a fairly good idea of what the culture is like with the program mm -hmm. um, but how has that changed or what were some things that surprised you once you got into the head seat yeah you know I had kind of realized over the last couple of years that if you don't make culture an intentional part of your job and a part of your practice and a part of every game it's just never going to develop into a healthy um, environment and mm -hmm. so um, when I came in in the fall, I'd been set up with um, Coach Weedler over at hockey, who he basically sat me down on the first day, and he's like, time to build your culture. And I was like, I just got hired. <laughs> I'm not ready for this. Um, and again, like, just the people here, like, he was so willing to sit me down and just kind of walk me through the process of what it's going to look like to kind of build something up from the ground. Um, mm -hmm. The girls were totally okay with kind of having a new slate this year. Um, and changing just about every facet of everything we're doing here. And even if it is just a little bit, um, you know, Weeds had told me, like, you get, you know, you're going to have to change almost every part of this, but if it's just by 1%, that's all you need to do. And so breaking it down um, to that, like, minuscule level has helped kind of 
make this a little bit more manageable because um, when you're looking at all the different things that need to change, it can be a lot. Um, but yeah, the culture is definitely something we wanted to change and kind of wanted to make our own. Mm -hmm. And so I got lucky enough that the girls, that's exactly what they wanted to. Um, so they bought in from day one and like that first meeting was terrifying. I remember the <laughs> night before I was like, what if they just like don't buy in? Like what if they don't, you know, they think I'm crazy. And yep. everyone was like, if you just go there in there confident um, and and that they already trust you, they're going to buy in. And they did. And from day one, they've always had that. They hold each other accountable to things that they weren't doing in, in the past. Um, there's a respect level between them and other teams now that I'm starting to see that we've never had. Um, so I, I think part of it, you know, building that culture comes from the kids you have um, and that trust level that they have with me. I was lucky enough to have that on day one. Um, so that's made life a lot easier on my end. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you have one senior, Chelsea Davis, yep. and outside of that, your other classes are fairly balanced. You have mm -hmm. lots of newcomers uh, joining the team this year. Does that make that transition of culture any easier? Because obviously one senior, right. they know the program, they know you, right. the junior, sophomore, same thing. Yeah. But at the same time, with the freshman class that you brought in, have they been willing to buy in and, yeah. I guess, really listen to the older players on the team? Right. I think the first years have been fantastic. Um, they've brought an entire level of competition that we've probably never had in such a big class before. Mm -hmm. um, so that in and of itself made, you know, things easier on the field side of things. But yep. in terms of, you know, the culture and just the buy-in from the rest of the kids, um, I, again, was lucky enough to have, you know, Chelsea um, as a senior who she was ready to make a change. And even though it was her senior year, she's like, I don't care. I still want the last one to be the best one. And so yep. um, having her like on the, you know, kind of on our side, you know, as a coaching staff wanting to change everything, that was huge to have that buy-in from the senior. Um, Cause that can be hard. You've already been here for four years. You've seen some things that you didn't particularly care for and yep. you might not have supported, um, but she bought in from day one. She's been fantastic. Um, she leads this team on and off the field. Um, she has been, like a driving force of our energy all preseason. Like like she's changing the entire atmosphere of our practices right now by just, you know, the attitude she's bringing every single day. So when you have that from the top and it's going down to the bottom, it's huge, um, which I think is awesome. And we do have an awesome junior class who stepped into that role of kind of leading the team and they've been fantastic. Um, they, again, like with Chelsea, they've seen kind of two years that haven't worked out how they wanted to. Mm -hmm. And so they were ready for a change. And so, they kind of took the freshmen under their wing and they're like, well, let's do this. At least we're going to do it together. Yep. Um, and so the freshmen, I think for them, it's a little bit easier because they've, they've never known anything else. Um, so they just bought in from day one and it's been like awesome to see that like entire family, you know, aspect of this finally come together. So does that make it easier with Chelsea? Because not only is she an on the field and off the field leader, but she also plays one of the most important positions. Yeah on the field and yeah. goalie like yeah. the person who's supposed to be communicating with everyone obviously if you have that person as a leader who's yeah. helping on and off the field right how much easier does that make that transition much easier um yeah she and it's tough because she does play two sports so like we didn't get to see Chelsea a lot in the fall um so to do what she can do um without even being here all that often is huge on her mm -hmm. end um to be such a force for us and um like people forget Chelsea's only been playing in net for four years like she just picked up a goalie stick four years ago or three years ago now so she's just like an, uh, an incredible athlete my assistant um after like two weeks of knowing her he came up to me and he was like she's just like a crazy athlete like this kid's just born to compete and she just every day she wants to get better um 
she'll come to practice and she'll be like, I just had the worst day. And then she'll look at me and she's like, but I'm at lacrosse now, so let's have fun. And so that energy she's brought has just like totally transformed the way these kids get on the field and get um, competing mm -hmm. with each other. So looking ahead, your first game was supposed to be uh, on the 24th, so a week from today. But unfortunately, due to outside circumstances, that game has been rescheduled for early April. Mm -hmm. um, so now you open your season at Ellington matchup at Assumption. Yep. So not an easy uh, way to start your coaching career at all. But talk a little bit about what you're expecting from uh, that game and then your home opener on March 4th against St. Rose. Yeah, I mean – these are the type of kids this year who are totally fine with kind of just diving right in. Um, they are not scared. I think they might be even a little bit more excited that they're getting right into conference play right away. Mm -hmm. um, they're confident and they're really excited. I do. I I know they feel like they're being underestimated by most of our conference and most of our you know other competitors. So that motivation and driving force is just like all they even care about right now is just proving people wrong. Um, Assumption's a fantastic team. I mean. Abby over there has built such like an incredible program over the last couple of years. And I just think like it's going to be a privilege to kind of open up our season against them and to play against mm -hmm. a team who is nationally ranked right now. Um, they're ranked very high in our conference. So I think it's going to just be like an awesome kind of battle. Um, and I think that, you know, coming off of our last scrimmage, like I just feel like I'm watching an entirely different team. And so it's almost like you're like, what? I don't even know what to expect now with this first game because – They've just shown so much more than I feel like I I felt like I never taught them some of these things, but nope. they just kind of it just clicked. And um, so I'm super excited. Um, you know, it's going to be a really tough game. It's going to be um, a lot of back and forth. But I do think that it is going to be an awesome way for us to open up the season. Um, I kind of want to just get right in there <laughs> and get to competing at this point. Well, let's switch gears a little bit. I want to know how you got your start in lacrosse and really how you ended up at AIC the first time mm -hmm. uh, as a student athlete. So I probably started playing, I think it was fifth or sixth grade. Um, my team was absolutely stacked with all my best friends, um, and they were just unbelievable lacrosse athletes. I had never played. My sister played, mm -hmm. um, and I kind I didn't really care for any other spring sports at the time, so I was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. And within, like, a year, like, our team was just, like, destroying other teams. <laughs> I mean, it's fifth and sixth grade lacrosse, and we were taking it way too seriously. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, at that <laughs> point, though, it's like – what else am I going to take seriously at school? Like, might like, as well take we this seriously. So, like, people hated playing us. My dad was actually one of the coaches, and he's one of the main, like, main reasons I ever played, and now one of the only reasons I ever wanted to coach was my dad. And mm -hmm. he, um, like, we still talk about, like, as fifth and sixth graders, we'd be winning games by so much that we'd have to use our off hands. And, like, <laughs> I'm still teaching college kids how to use their off hands, and, like, that's how intense our fifth and sixth grade program was. <laughs> Um, so as we got into middle school, it was like the same kids, all again, seventh and eighth, it was just nuts. And then by the time I got into high school, um, I was playing for Coach Dave Yell, um, who coached my sister, and he was like one of the people I just always looked up to. He was mm -hmm. an uh, incredible coach. He coached basketball um, at Minnetrog, and then he coached um, lacrosse, and he just built like a dynasty at my high school. And like to make varsity freshman year was everyone's goal because no one ever got to do that. Yep. Um, and I remember freshman year, there was three of us who made varsity. I like think I cried for like the first <laughs> time that year because I was like, I can't believe it's really happening. Um, and just to be coached under someone at that level just was a huge accomplishment for so many of us. Um, so after freshman year, um, you know, we played – who was it? Longmeadow is the, the big – rivalry between Wilbraham and Longmeadow has been going on for years now. Mm -hmm. um, like I still like get frustrated talking about high school <laughs> games when it comes to us versus Longmeadow, um, as does Coach Dave Yell, um, who I actually 
was able to hire as my assistant this year. So that's come like full circle. Mm -hmm. Um, But we had such a big rivalry there. um, And I think it was like my junior year, we beat them for the first time in like um, 20 years, maybe Um, they had never lost like a league title. Yeah. They'd never lost a league game or a league title. And we ended up winning the um, like conference or the league that year. Um, And so that was kind of the, first year that I was like, maybe I could actually do this in college. Um, for a while, I didn't never thought I was going to be good enough to play in college. I played with kids who were going to Northwestern, um, UMass. One girl had an offer from UNC at the time. So when you're playing against kids at that level and like those are your teammates, like you don't ever feel like, am I ever going to be able to compete at any type of level yep. after this? Um, and I was just like so excited to be around athletes like that, that I never even thought about it myself. Um, and so senior year, I believe it was Coach Yale who had kind of asked, like, you starting to look at schools. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of. I was so lackadaisical <laughs> in my college search. Oh, I'm the like cross-player <laughs> lackadaisical? <laughs> exactly. Um, so I started looking at schools. I honestly only applied to, like, two. And, like, my dad, I think it was my dad, he was like, why don't you look at AIC? And I was like, I don't know. It's right down the street. I knew I wanted to be home. By senior year, I'd kind of made up my mind I wanted to be home. Yep. Um, so... I just filled out a recruiting questionnaire April at the time. Um, Pollock was my head coach. She was like, yeah, sure, come for a tryout. And then she sat me down. She's like, I, yeah, you got to come here. And I was like, really? You want me to play here? Um, and she and um, Ash um, Cassiano had kind of just, you know, instilled this self-confidence in me that I didn't have in high school. Um, and so when I had gotten to play under both of them at the college level, I kind of realized that, oh, I think, again, this might be something I want to do long term. Mm-hmm. Um, and so next thing I knew, um, me and Ashley had had a conversation after I graduated and she was like, I think you should come back and coach. And I was like, <gasps> are you sure? I don't know about that, but we can give it a go. And I think I knew within like a month, I was like, yep. After like a month of practice, I was like, I want to do this long term. Um, so when the head coaching spot opened up this May or whenever that was, it was a whirlwind and it took a lot of convincing, but, um, I did, you know, decide that I feel like this might be what I want to do. And, you know, if it works out, it works out. And it did. And um, that first week with the girls, I knew that this was where I was supposed to be. So then at that point, you obviously came back to assistant coach. I'm guessing you probably were not expecting to take the reins over as quickly as you <laughs> no. did. <laughs> no. I figured, I mean, Grant, from the outside looking in, I figure you're like, yeah. okay, it'll probably be five, six y- years. years. Yeah. We're not the talking th- like two, two years. No. Nope. Yeah. That came out of nowhere. I was not expecting that at all. And I actually laughed when she had mentioned it. I was like, uh, we're not ready for that. And she's like, actually, you might have to be. Um, and I I was, I think still I get surprised that it worked out the way that it did. Because um, this was not the plan. You know, the mm-hmm. plan was to be, I graduated with my master's in special ed. The plan was to be a high school teacher. Um, so this all was just like news to me when this all started happening and unraveling. But it was one of those things that once it happened, I kind of felt like this was, you know, again, like right where I was supposed to be. So, obviously, I know the connection, education, coaching. (laughs) I mean, it's really the only difference is instead of giving out grades, you're giving out playing time. (laughs) And, unfortunately, unlike a teacher, you can't make everyone happy. At least least if you're a a teacher, if they earn the A, you know what, you can still give them the A. I mean, if they're working hard in the field, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're Mm -hmm. ready to go out and – Right. compete against the teams you're going to be competing right. against yeah. and what's it like knowing that you have the education background and able to take those learning thought processes and yeah. theories and really equate them to coaching yeah. oddly enough our first practice i sent out the practice plan 24 hours in advance and one of my girls texted me and said can you write my study guides for me and i said why <laughs> she goes because your practice plans are so organized 
So I have realized, like, and it's not intentional things, but it's just kind of habits I got into over the course of five years in an education program yep. of, like, everything is, like, so time-specific. Everything is down to the minute. Everything, there's a purpose for everything. Like, they'll get a practice plan, and they'll have an offensive focus, a team focus, and a defensive focus, and every drill is reinforcing those focuses. And I'm like, I don't think I would have ever done that if I didn't go to school and educate, like, in yep. an education school, only because I've just learned that, like, the best thing for me to do as a coach is to get them to narrow down their focuses. And I think when we're trying to get them to learn like all these different things, it's like so overwhelming. And like, how can you expect them to grasp that many concepts? And so I try to break it down for them. And that's how I learned in school. I feel like that was the most effective way to kind of get my message across to people mm -hmm. is like, if I can kind of break it down into small things. Um, but I, I, I laugh so often because so many of the things I learned in school, I use on the field. Like I know I have visual learners. I know I have auditory like learners yep. and it's, it's funny, like using those skills has helped us so much kind of get the point across differently to different people. Um, and luckily, you know, having my assistant coach, Yale, who has been doing this for years, um, he's on board with that, too. Like, he's like, your kids are going to learn. Some are going to love film. Some aren't going to learn anything from film. Some are going to learn a lot on the field. Some can learn if I just write a play out, they'll get the play instantly. But yep. some need to go through the motions of that. So it is it is pretty funny looking back to see all this. I'm sure my education professors would be very <laughs> excited that I am still using what I learned in college. Well, as a federal education major, <laughs> I completely agree. And, I mean, from a coaching standpoint, when I was coaching, the way that I found the student athletes really learn mm -hmm. was by the small sided games yeah. and talking through different situations, right. going through them, playing. So then, yep. like you said, you get the people who are the visuals, you get yeah. the auditories, you get the people who are the yeah. mixture of both. And when you're breaking things down into the small tasks to really yeah. reinforce different tasks definitely. or mindsets, concepts, that mm -hmm. definitely it just relates yeah. so much easier. It helps so much. It like makes things so much more manageable too. Because I remember sitting down going, wow, we have a lot to teach. And I remember thinking like, if I don't break it down for myself, I'm going to get overwhelmed. And so I just sat down one day and just kind of broke down everything we have to go over on offense, everything we have to go over on defense, everything in the midfield, everything in goalies. And at first I was like, oh my gosh, I need like 10 years to do this. And then I realized like, you know, if I can knock out like one to two things a week, we'll be yep. fine even by December. And when I got to see them play against another team in January, I was like, oh, phew, we did it. Like we did it. Like we did this right, I think. No, in that <laughs> in that moment, I'm imagining, I didn't see this process in your office, but <laughs> are you one of those, you get those big sticky pads. Okay, so you know what? This is our defense. This yes. is our offense, our goalie, our midfield. Yes. And you're just on yep. that chair and you're like, oh, well, shoot, um, yeah. well, because I have to do that. now. Exactly. I Yep, I'm thinking, oh, well, if we're playing a zone in a defense, then, oh, I, I got to teach my offense how to attack a zone, and then it's just going back and forth, and I was like, oh, this is going to take a while. Um, but it, obviously, like, having someone in my assistant position who's way more experienced than me, that process is so much easier yep. to attack head on. Well, I appreciate you coming on. You do have one question left to <laughs> answer. Uh -oh. um, I did give you a heads up on to <laughs> it uh, before we started, but the one question is, what moment in life has influenced you the most? Um... I think, I mean, I have a couple of moments that came to mind, but there is one, um, and I guess it's a kind of series of moments. I failed my teacher licensing exams multiple times. Like, I probably set a record for the amount of licensing <laughs> exams failed. Had I not failed any of those tests, I probably would never have gone into coaching. Mm -hmm. um, and those things kind of happened over a period of time where I was really frustrated and I was like, well, now I'm not going to be able to get into the school that I want. And now what am I going to do? And because I failed those tests, I was more open to the fact that I had another year to be like, OK, I can try coaching. And had I not had I passed in them all, I probably would have taken a job at a school and never have tried coaching. Um, and so 
you know, like the day I got hired here, I remember thinking like if I had never have failed those tests and missed that opportunity, I would have never had this one. Um, yep. And so it's kind of an interesting take on a defining <laughs> moment. <laughs> um, but I, I do think that there was a reason that those things never worked out for me. And I do think it was to get me into a coaching position because it's definitely where I want to be, you know, going forward. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, when I say what moment in life, I mean, there's plenty of them mm -hmm. that you can choose from. Obviously, I know I have a handful of them, just mm -hmm. as I'm sure you do and everyone else does who's listening as well. Mm -hmm. But it's about taking some of those moments and figuring out what that lesson is. Right. I think John Gordon has a really good um, acronym for loss, mm -hmm. or not acronym, but um, learning opportunities stay strong. So no matter what's going on, yeah. positive, negative, if it's that negative, you could have an opportunity to right. learn and to figure out what's going on and what could be your definitely. different path. And I think that that's definitely something that seems yeah. like you've embraced and embraced for the positive mm -hmm. and not just like a ho on me, yeah. like <laughs> I'm not doing this. So, you know, what, I'm just going to yeah. go do it. Like it I spent a couple <laughs> weeks like that. <laughs> yeah. But that's also a natural feeling. Yeah. Like as human beings, that's definitely when we have been trying to chase after something that we've wanted for so long and we're not able to get, get right. it that's going to be a natural feeling and right. that's okay. But at the same time, I think you've really done a good job of refocusing that mindset and mm -hmm. figuring out the path that you're supposed to be on. Right. And really embracing that. And yeah. I think it really shows with the culture that you're starting to create with, with your program. I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us uh, this week, Riley, and a uh, good week as you start your season. And ah. um, I'm excited to see how your girls do this year on the court or on the field. Excuse <laughs> me. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. And that will do it for this week's edition of the Yellow Jacket Experience. Be sure to join us this week starting on Wednesday, February 19th as the men's and women's basketball programs will be hosting Lemoyne College in a 5.30 and 7.30 p.m. tip. On Thursday, the 20th, ice hockey will be hosting Holy Cross at 7.05 at the Mass Mutual Center. And then rounding out the weekend festivities at home is Senior Day for Ice Hockey against Holy Cross at 7.05. Be sure to join us this weekend and good luck to our track teams at the Indy 10 Championships out in Boston.